listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am Samael. Welcome to a very, very special last episode of the year. Episode number 88. The year's best fears. That's right, fiends. 2019 uh, has pretty much come and gone now. This will be our last official episode of the year, as Sam pointed out. And just like last year, we have to round it out with our best horror films of the year we each have a top 10 list just because it would be it would be really hard to put together kind of like a cumulative list i think because we both have some different tastes etc etc and uh, we both have watched uh, some different movies this year so we each have a list and we're going to talk about the year so there's a lot to do and a lot to talk about so so we don't have a new segment or anything like that for you guys uh this episode but of course, you can always stay up to date with us on uh, social media, and you can check out Bloody Disgusting and stuff like that. So, first of all, I want to uh, give a huge shout out to Sports Radio Detroit for hosting us for yet another year. It's going to be two years in just a few months here. Those guys are awesome. Yes, they've been with us since the beginning, since we pitched the idea for this podcast at a Starbucks. Yeah. And... You know, apparently nothing like this podcast has still been done to this day, especially with the news, the trailers, and the reviews in depth, Mm -hmm. discussing every aspect of the horror movies of our choosing that we discuss. So it's it's come a long way. We started from being these timid hosts of this show, stuttering here and there, and now it's about to be two years, and we've indulged in a lot more horror since we started as well even though we were already giant fans to begin with now i guess you could say we're even bigger fans my my collection has went from about 30 movies to about 1300 movies i make my own jason masks now my room is flooded with michael myers jason and leatherface and zombie and all these collectibles and props and like things have changed the more the more we got into this podcast it seems and the more we were able to discuss things in depth with each other but especially like with viewers and people that actually you know listen to us listeners not viewers we don't have videos yet <laughs> but the more we were able to discuss this i feel like the more like we realize like how important the horror culture is to the horror community and mm-hmm. i'm glad to be a part of it and hopefully like from here on out we can just keep growing our fan base and that's that's my main goal yeah, absolutely. I mean, we love our fans. You guys are the reason, you know, why we do what we do. And if you guys still want to keep hearing us, then we're definitely going to continue to grow. Hopefully, you know, one day get like our own studio, get better equipment, better sound and, you know, start doing more interviews with people, etc. So, I mean, let us know what you guys want to see from 
grave discussions. Thank you to all of you. Thank you to SRD for giving us the opportunity, of course. Thank you to all the special guests we've had, Roger Castillo, Jennifer Gettner, the caretaker, uh, Joe in the background there, you know, shout outs to all of them and, and anyone else I forgot to mention. And we do also have to give an opportunity for some other SRD shows to shine. So no news this week, but uh, we do have a few uh, messages here and then we'll get right into talking about 2019 and our top 10 lists. So stick around. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Bryant. Catch me, E, and Brian on Pearson's Peace, 8 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio Detroit Network, CRB, on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else you can find podcasting. Because I feel like a salad tossing might feel good. What? (laughs) (laughs) Out of Bounds Detroit Podcast. Tuesday morning and Friday mornings here on SportsRadioDetroit.com. And welcome back, creeps. It is now time to officially wrap up 2019 in horror here on Grave Discussions. Are you excited, Sam? I'm excited because we had a lot to be excited about this year. The... The year really started off, uh, when was it, in January or February for us, when Escape Room came out. Yeah, January, I, believe, I think it was January. I believe that was our first horror movie of the year, mm-hmm. if you can classify it as horror. I do. Yeah. Because people probably. kidnapping you and putting you in death rooms is fucking terrifying. So, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, Escape Room did not crack even my top 20. Okay. Not saying it wasn't bad, but there were a lot of, I want to say, better movies, and there were good movies that came out this year, unfortunately. Escape Room was my number 23. How about you? Uh, it was my number 27. See? Yeah. So just, just for reference, uh, I mean, I have all the movies that I watched that I considered 2019 movies. And, you know, just to get this out of the way, these movies either had a, a theatrical release this year or had like an official wide release. So some of these movies may technically be considered 2018. However, you know we're here in the u.s and so we kind of that's kind of my standard for the availability and what i consider 2019 horror so um so yeah anyway but continue uh so after after you know we watched escape room we were like all right you know the year's not gonna be horrible you know we have other movies coming out that we're excited for and after this one it was the prodigy Mm -hmm. that was our second movie i believe that for sure we watched second in Mm -hmm. theaters we didn't have anything before that and unfortunately, that one didn't crack my top 20 either. I had that at number 21. Yeah, uh, let's see. I have mine all the way down at number 42. I was going to say, uh, this is my original train of thought, but I, I had uh, 55 movies for 2019 that are on my list overall that I watched this year. Okay, I have 27. Okay. Yeah, I did I did quite a lot, and you know, I dug a lot into the independent scene as well. So there were actually a bunch of uh, theatrical release movies that did make my top 10 uh but those first you know few at the beginning of the year actually ended up kind of lower so yeah i think three independent movies cracked my top 10 nice yeah we're gonna get into all of that of course but yeah we had the prodigy still looked pretty decent i think when we reviewed that movie we were overall still optimistic yeah, we, we had more you of know? like a 
cinema sins moment with that movie just really minor things like how like how did the kid know that his time was up before he could you know go back to normal and mm-hmm. little things like that other than like the pacing and like the way it ended setting up for a sequel spoiler alert yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah no I, I i agree with you a lot of the really good stuff i feel like came, started to come out sort of you know uh toward the summer and then definitely in like the fall as well we got some some really great films but uh, you know looking at the year overall uh, i would say I'm, I'm still pretty optimistic about a lot of it obviously there were some shitters as there always are but uh, i think that the genre is still going in a pretty good direction i, I do think honestly it's more popular than ever i agree we are seeing this kind of trend of, of a lot of these theatrical release movies being kind of geared more toward you know being sort of watchable by anybody you know things like even the prodigy things like escape room especially and i think that's fine i mean there's always going to be an audience for those kind of movies and they're always going to pretty much make money so you know whatever same thing with all the sequels and remakes and all that kind of stuff people always are saying that oh horror is dead now and then all that shit i don't agree i mean yeah you see a lot of that stuff because it's very safe so all the paranormal like demonic possession type stuff it feels so constant and it is because it is safe it's still profitable right now so i do think that that is a trend that's going to continue i don't necessarily like that because i feel like every time we do news or a trailer there's always like one of these one or two of these types of movies in there um but if they're really good then you know great but there there are a lot see the thing that's just been killing me with this year in horror and with the following year is all these announcements of reboots and remakes yeah i feel like they're kind of just piggybacking off of already successful franchises because people aren't really you know Mm -hmm. creative geniuses sure they can take something that's existed and you know make a cool sequel but we haven't had like a slew of really original horror like it's like at least in like popular media like yeah. especially with announcements it's always been like oh Candyman reboot oh it chapter 3 mm-hmm. oh the halloween sequel and it's it doesn't feel really like there's any passion behind any of these projects anymore and sure if i made a michael myers movie i would be passionate about it but it still wouldn't like be the same thing as me creating my own movie with its own premise and my own iconic killer. Oh, for sure. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think that it really is the fan base that's doing it because, you know, look at something like uh, Color Out of Space, which actually has garnered a lot of, you know, anticipation and, and positive acclaim, etc. But compare it to something like the news of Halloween Kills. Yeah. I mean, Halloween is just going to get so many more comments, so many more views, etc., because it's already so established. And, you know, people complain about it, yes, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's what's in. It's what people care about. It's what they're talking about, you know? So, I mean, if we had all original movies, then there would still be people going like, well, hey, what about Halloween? What about Friday the 13th? Yeah. Etc. So, while it does seem to take away from it, I do think... The independent scene is coming in really strong. I think A24 probably had their best year. Oh, and yeah. They're one of the the like profit independent studios that are making these uh, weird or or thought provoking you know horror movies. And 
so I think that that's going to continue, and I, I hope that other independent studios start getting into the mainstream like A24 did, because I think there's a lot of good filmmaking out there. As long yeah. as it's not uncorked. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I, oh, man. That and, like, Atrium and... Not mm, those guys. Uh, I'm not t- talking about those yeah, guys, of course. But, yeah. um, but in general, I think that there is a lot of talent out in the independent scene. Uh, so I hope that movies like Color Out of Space and those guys uh, do well, because we need it you know for horror and hopefully we start seeing more original stuff in the theater yeah absolutely i hope so we really need it at this point i'm just sick of like the regurgitated shit Mm -hmm. yeah but that said i do think the independent scene this year especially was very strong and we are going to get into that looking into 2020 i think it is going to be a lot of the same but again i hope we see more uh really successful independent stuff and just more uh monster movies please i would love to see more good good monster movies so yeah but um all right so that's kind of our thoughts in general on the year overall i think pretty successful now what were the big stinkers for you bottom five movies on your list okay so in very last place i have black christmas okay we already discussed this i don't want to go over it again it literally pains me to think about it after that i have the curse of la llorona Mm -hmm. i don't know why anyone liked that movie it's the exact same premise as every horror movie hey look uh a ghost oh no we can't get rid of it how about you priest well i can't get rid of it because it's against the law but i know someone who doesn't follow these rules who also knows these things and they're bringing another guy whatever okay so those are my bottom two so the third one would have to be hell house llc3 it was it was okay halfway through the movie then like the tone just changed and then like spoiler alert at the end of the movie they were in like heaven or whatever <laughs> okay and they're like okay it's stupid okay <laughs> um after that velvet buzzsaw really wow okay i did not enjoy that movie i i love jake gyllenhaal i just felt like these artsy hipster movies just when they're not done right like mother was done right antichrist was done right i did not like velvet buzzsaw okay um and then the last one has to be the banana splits movie oh man okay while it is it is a fun slasher didn't really feel like a slasher it's just like robots gone wild and we already had a movie like that with child's play that i ranked four paces above that so okay it's it's better it's not as good as child's play but child's play is also only four spaces above it child's play is my number 20 okay uh, yeah, Child's Play is my number 21 nice. out of 55. So uh, you may have forgotten about this one, or you actually liked it more than I thought you did. My uh, last place movie of the year, God, this one was fucking terrible, uh, Soul to Keep. Oh, yeah, I didn't even add that one. You probably just burned it out of your memory because it's just so far below even it putting that, it on a list. It had that <laughs> sci-fi move like special Ugh. sci-fi channel movie release like worse than orange that. cinematography <laughs> like with the fucking orange lens and yeah yeah i don't even want to think about that movie anymore <laughs> so <laughs> as long as it's not a blood slaughter massacre i mean no but it's still pretty bad so. <laughs> yeah probably besides black christmas worst uh, movie of the year all right well let me, let me go through my other four here uh the next one is uh black christmas unfortunately uh, again we already griped about that one enough uh after that at number 53 is mercy black oh god yeah i just yeah 
the, the end cutter. the end was the only like even decent thing about that movie and other than that wasn't very good i don't even remember it <laughs> right yeah i don't i i remember a little bit of the end with that with that uh woman crawling around or whatever but that's about it <laughs> Dude, when i watch these these like chopping block movies i put my phone on airplane mode yeah and i still don't remember this movie oh so after that is the silence uh just not really a fan oh, could have God. been so much better than it was i didn't even add that one yeah if if this if any movie made it to my list that i didn't like okay i didn't like it but if it didn't make it to my <laughs> list i just know that if it was on my list it would be at the like okay. all these movies that you mentioned like sold to keep mm-hmm. the silence this is the bottom of yeah. the shit barrel we're really scraping it <laughs> yeah i just i just track literally everything i watch so uh, so that's my number 52. And then the last worst one is the curse of La Llorona could have been so much better. Honestly, without that stupid CGI on her face, it could have been a below average movie, but it was just even worse than that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are my, my last five. Ouch. Um, all right. However, let's move up the list a bit we're, we'll give our, our full list out. I think, uh, on the website, uh, you can go check it out on letterbox. That's where I have mine. That's where you have yours as well. I think. Uh, so pre top 10, let's give our honorable mentions here, 15 through 11, starting at number 15 and let's go, uh, you know, uh, me than you or whatever. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, so what's your, uh, 15? Uh, my 15 is candy corn. Okay. While it wasn't anything groundbreaking and the pace was pretty slow. I still think it deserves an honorable mention and it was extremely enjoyable, especially for the month of October, super festive and all-around enjoyable movie all right just for reference that was my number 44 i was not as gotcha. big a fan of it yeah uh so my number 15 i actually just watched the other day is uh, a- another a24 uh, new release in fabric so i actually really enjoyed it it's got this uh pretty cool retro vibe to it the actual movie itself is really fucking weird like it follows two protagonists uh that both come into possession of this like haunted dress but it's very cool. There's some like anti-consumerism kind of stuff in there, but it is implicit. You know, it, it doesn't come right out with it. There's some really comical stuff in the movie, but um, I liked the retro feel. I thought it was well shot. Music was good. Acting overall was was pretty good, uh, but it wasn't like mind blowing for me. Gotcha. So next up, number 14. Number 14, Happy Death Day to You. While it changed from a horror movie slasher, to a sort of sci-fi horror movie still nonetheless because there's a killer yeah um i thought it was enjoyable other than the fact that it was just a bit too long and like the like when they finally found out what was wrong and they went about solving it it felt like it took forever yeah that's fair uh for reference that was my number 25 i will agree some of the pacing was weird i think because of the tonal shift a little bit but yeah I, i enjoyed it overall i just watched like too many better movies in yeah. my opinion um so my number 14 is one cut of the dead still haven't seen it y- you should it is good heard, heard good things about it I-, I will say this uh you know when i was watching it i enjoyed it but uh looking back on it it was good but it wasn't 10 out of 10 like some people i think are making it out to be the actual like one shot the beginning of the film uh maybe spoiler i don't know uh was actually really good i think and then what happened after that was decent but uh then there is a pretty big shift 
in kind of what you see on the screen and just in general. And I, f I feel like once it got there, it maybe like was a little too different for me. So, uh, but overall I, I liked it. It was, it was a really good representation kind of, of the kind of crazy shit that can, you know, go on, on like a low budget horror shoot. So for that, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it was impressive. I should watch it. Yeah, most definitely. I have the Blu-ray. <laughs> I can let you borrow it. I'm down. For sure. All right, number 13. Number 13, and we watched this one recently, Antrim. Mm. I felt like it was just experimental enough to catch my attention. I really liked the fact that it was, like, just super, like, just shrouded in, like, questions. Like, yeah. you weren't sure if this was, like, a reality. Had they really went into hell? Are they killing two crazy Hungarians, or are those two real demons? And, uh... It was just super ambiguous, you know? Like, mm -hmm. so, like, that's what I really enjoyed about it. And, like, the little subliminal satanic messages and really the whole feel of the movie kind of reminded me of a dark song. And I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. A lot. I agree with that, actually. Uh, this one was my number 18. Gotcha. I will say uh, I was pleasantly surprised by it. And it was definitely super creepy just in the whole structure, like, how everything played out. Uh, all of the subliminal messaging was actually pretty cool. We don't really see that enough. We caught all of it, though. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we stopped at every subliminal, like, when I noticed it. And we just pause, and usually you'd see, like, the Astaroth pentagram mm -hmm. or, like, something in Latin that we Google translated. So. I mean, when we actually, like, pay attention to it, like, full stop, we're pretty eagle-eyed. So, But, but yeah. you know, it, it, it's still something cool to watch out for in the movie. And, yeah, it's just, like, a interesting experimental thing i like it you're not gonna hypnotize us buddy boys no you know who we are <laughs> of course yeah we're the undead already so <laughs> my number 13 uh is and some of you may not feel it deserves the inclusion but i do godzilla king of the monsters oh that was a good one yeah so uh like fuck you guys godzilla is a lot of things but it is also a horror movie because obviously he's a giant fucking monster <laughs> yeah so that's all. That's, I think that's all that needs to be said about it. He's a giant <laughs> fucking monster. One of the first giant fucking monsters, mm -hmm. okay? And this one had multiple giant fucking monsters all fighting each other. <laughs> they did. And uh, yeah, it was just awesome. You know, this is one where, yes, it has its flaws, but I, I put it in this spot. I actually probably could have put it higher because I am definitely a Godzilla fanboy. And, and this one just hit all the right marks for me. It was fun. It was super enjoyable. The monsters were awesome. Uh, you know, obviously it wasn't like scary on the surface cause it didn't have those like vibes and atmosphere, at but at some points it had the atmosphere. It did. Yeah. I mean, when he saw like King Ghidorah and stuff and even Godzilla, there was this one cool scene underwater where you kind of see him. I mean, that shit is terrifying, but you know, it is also kind of an action movie, but that said I had to put it up there because it was awesome. So, <laughs> all right. Number 12, number 12, pet cemetery. Almost cracked my top 10. Um, listen, for you guys that say the original is better, I want you to go back and watch it without your stupid nostalgia lenses. That's like saying that the new Friday the 13th remake sucked. I'll give you that Nightmare on Elm Street was trash. Yeah. But the Friday the 13th remake was better than part 8, part 7, not part 6, definitely part 5, not part 4 or 3, but I think it was way better than 2 and 1 in terms of like realism and being actually scary mm -hmm. yeah i mean i not I, to mention jason goes to hell jason x <laughs> yeah but yeah but we're not talking about yeah. jason but i i totally understand uh where you're coming from i thought the pet cemetery remake was actually pretty enjoyable uh it was number 
uh, 23 for me. Gotcha. But I, re- I did really like it. I think I, I did enjoy it more than the original. Just, man, some of the acting and stuff in there. Like, Gage and Zelda were definitely the best parts of that movie. Yeah. And other than that, it was really just okay. Like, everything else could have been, like, a TNT movie just straight to, to TV and I would have accepted that. Yeah. You know, so I think the new one did a lot of good things. Yeah. A lot of things better than the original. Let's, let's, let's be real here. <laughs> Agreed. The original is not a masterpiece. Yeah. I get why it's a classic, but I, I do think that uh, the comparison is not as wide in terms of quality as some people think. So my number 12 is Bliss. So this is a new one from Joe Bagos, who uh, we did kind of... We did kind of talk about this movie a little bit. Uh, we mentioned, I think there was a trailer or something. It looked batshit insane. I'm proud to say that that does translate into the full movie pretty well. It really goes like absolutely fucking bonkers in like the last half of the movie, but the first half is pretty good. The reason I didn't really put it higher is just because, just due to its nature, like you don't really connect with any of the characters because they're all kind of pieces of shit. Because mm-hmm. it follows these like struggling artists and wh- wherever, probably LA or something. And uh, the main character is this like drug fueled artist who's trying to finish his painting. So she's just always like snorting coke and stuff. And uh, one night, just shit goes bad. She meets up with people who she thinks are her friends and then starts feeling this like lust for blood and everything. So it's really trippy. It's super out there. I think the the vampire stuff actually was pretty cool. But it wasn't like the kind of vampire stuff that I wanted, you know. Um, but overall, I think it was a pretty impressive effort. Just don't watch this if uh, if you're epileptic. That's all I'm gonna say. Thing I'm not. Yeah, yeah. No, you should definitely check it out, though. I do recommend it. So number eleven. Number eleven, we have Brightburn, the evil Superman. Um, wasn't scary enough really to crack my top ten, but definitely was gory and dark enough. And mysterious enough. And I really enjoyed the Jaws scene. I enjoyed the ending. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the stalky kills because he didn't just like straight up just run up to him. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed all that stuff too. But I will talk more about Brightburn momentarily. Uh, my number 11 is Haunt. Ooh. Yes. So uh, I did really like this one. It was in my top 10 briefly because, you know... I guess when you really kind of look at it, it's not the most innovative thing in the world. However, uh, it did a good job of being a pretty great Halloween flick. Yes. And it was just a good movie. I think in general, it was tense. Uh, you know, there was a lot of suspense to it and I was always kind of wondering what was going to happen and always kind of, you know, looking over my shoulder and that kind of thing. So, you know, if a movie can make me feel that way, I feel like it's pretty successful. I agree. Yeah. So I liked that one. Uh, but that is my number 11 and now our top 10 films before we get into that do you want to mention anything else like a big disappointment a big surprise as far as like a movie goes uh camp wedding that was a surprise okay i it was complete see this is what i mean about new ideas sure camp wedding i had it at number 16 didn't crack my honorable mentions but it was super original and i don't think i've ever seen a horror movie with that kind of premise at all yeah no i agree with you thought it was going to be a campground slasher and it was not it may have taken a little bit too long to really kind of 
show what it was about, but I agree, I was an original, and uh, it was a cool campground slasher. So and uh, Ma wasn't that good. <laughs> Didn't crack my top uh, ten. She was nineteen. Ah. I trapped the devil. I was pleasantly surprised with that one. Okay. It was rather enjoyable. Same thing with Hole in the Ground. I really enjoyed that movie as well. Okay. I was disappointed that Annabelle Comes Home was, came in at uh, number 22 for me. Yeah, that was my number 41. Um, and some of those I had a little bit down there. Ma, I agree. I was a little disappointed with. I was pleasantly surprised by The Furies. That was that one was pretty decent, actually. Still have to watch that one. Uh, it was good. I mean, it's not like the most, I guess, visually pleasing, you know, like slasher or, you know, killer game thing out there, but it was cool. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised with Child's Play. You know, I was fully expecting it to be, like, at the bottom of my list. Oh, no, it's 20 but, for me. Yeah, it was my number 21. Nice. And then, uh, in, th- I will say I was a little disappointed with The Headhunter. Uh, it made my number 16, but you don't see as much of all the monsters and stuff as you wish you did. Damn. And I probably get why they did it is budgetary reasons i'm sure and they wanted to keep it kind of mysterious and really let you focus on the hero's kind of journey as he goes for revenge after the monster who killed his daughter but yeah you just don't see enough uh, unfortunately and then i was going to say i liked in the tall grass as well a lot of people shit on this movie but i think it was a pretty good movie um you know i think it was a perfect stephen king story to adapt i think the adaptation was was fine and I think it was just done pretty well. It wasn't as bad as people uh, made it out to be. I still have yet to see it. Just the fact that everyone was ranting and raving over it, whether for praising it or for shitting on it, it really just killed my vibe to even like want to watch it. Yeah. It's it's not like the most pertinent thing to watch, but it, it was my number 17. So, I mean, I thought it was pretty decent. All right. So, that's enough of that, I think. Uh, let's go one after the other. And we're going to get into our top 10 lists uh, of the best horror in 2019 guys if you have your own list send them to us we want to know but here we go number 10 so ready or not okay i was not surprised by this movie i knew it was going to be good and i don't think there's a way it could have been better a uh, supernatural element was really brought like brought to the light as not just like a myth right at the end of the movie, Mm -hmm. which I think in turn made the movie better than if they were all just batshit crazy. So it really made it seem like they weren't doing it for no reason, you know, over superstition and all that stuff. Because, hey, no one knows if heaven and hell is real, but, you know, why tempt it? Yeah. I I, I liked that uh, inclusion as well. And overall, I found the movie really fun. But uh, my number 10 is Brightburn. Uh, Oh, You know, I almost felt tempted to put it a little bit lower, but I actually really did enjoy it. You know, I was just sitting in the theater going, oh, man, oh, shit, you know, and and when a movie does that, uh, I I can't help but just like it. I think uh, it did a really cool thing with being a truly kind of dark and and gory superhero horror movie, which is another pretty unique thing. I mean, we've had them before in a way. But this one, with the stock and kill elements, the brutality, just the rise of this villain, was just super cool. You know, I had never really seen anything like it, and and I like innovation and horror, so I think this movie definitely did that. CGI wasn't bad; it was just uh, it was a good watch. So agreed. All right, number nine. Number nine, Satanic Panic, also known by Walmart as Panic. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah because people were gonna get offended at satanic 
even though this is America, where everyone has the freedom of religion. I don't give a fuck if you're offended by satanic. If that's someone's religion, it does not make yours more important than theirs. It does not give you a right to shit on it. So, Satanic Panic was a really fun movie, really 80s-style, like, plot. This pizza girl gets kidnapped by a cult so they can sacrifice her for Baphomet. Oh, nice. And then, spoiler alert, <laughs> a higher level, the highest level demon, um, an alternate pronunciation of Samael comes about mm. and destroys everyone worshipping Baphomet. Oh, the man. only thing that kind of threw me off is the portrayal by a little girl, but... Whatever, I could be whatever you want me to be, guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I unfortunately have not seen Satanic Panic. But I gotta let you borrow that one. Yeah, it was on my list. Uh, it did look pretty cool. That's the one with, uh, is that the one with Alexandria? No, that was a different one. I know what you're talking about, though. Uh, there were two, like, kind of, like, witch coven-y type uh, yeah, yeah. Satanic something movies. But Funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I haven't seen Satanic Panic, unfortunately. So, I can't quite comment on it, but it does look good. My number nine is daniel isn't real oh i haven't seen that yet yeah this one was a little bit under the radar but did get some critical acclaim and uh seems to be you know pretty positive among the fans but definitely kind of a more psychological type uh, horror film with you know shades of like donnie darko and fight club gotcha. basically about this guy's imaginary friend who he had as a kid he like locked him away because he seemed too real like he, he was influencing his decisions and stuff like that and um he comes back as an adult and played by uh, patrick schwarzenegger <laughs> yes arnold schwarzenegger's uh, son what it's crazy what? Uh, he kind of does look like him but he doesn't have the accent uh but i thought not. i thought he did a fantastic job in that role he was like a super egotistical kind of like patrick bateman type okay psychopathic ego but when you learn what he is that's the part that i liked uh i'm not going to spoil it but that was kind of a, a cool sort of reveal I, and i thought the movie did a lot of sweet stuff some body horror in there some like cronenberg type shit it was a mix of a lot of cool things i think it did it successfully and i mean it didn't like do a great job of talking about mental illness or anything like that but uh yeah, I thought it was an impressive film, and I think it did a lot of things really well. So, and the performances were awesome. Yeah, I have to check it out. It's worth it. So, number eight. Number eight is the lighthouse for me. Okay. Uh, that now that I looked at my whole list, uh, I was assuming the lighthouse was gonna crack my top three, but I forgot about the rest of these movies out there that I enjoyed a lot more. Creepy ass movie shows how, you know, just two men's descent into madness when they're placed just in just solitude with each other and you know with all the allegories with like prometheus and all that stuff and the gods and the stealing of the light thought that was all clever uh the acting fucking brilliant performance by willem dafoe mm -hmm. probably my f this is my number one acting performance like my favorite one of the year is willem dafoe in this movie robert pattinson did a great job as well but it seemed like willem dafoe was giving him acting lessons throughout the whole movie yeah no i mean i thought they were both good uh, but you know Robert Pattinson I think had to be like fucking hammered for a lot of these scenes oh yeah and uh so I don't know if his performance suffered or was improved by that but I'm gonna go with the the, the latter um but yeah no I really liked it as well and uh I will be talking more about the lighthouse uh, myself but uh all right still in your top 10 and of oh, course, hell yeah. this is just our opinion 
uh, on everything. So might have to take a little break before we start the top five. All right. So my number eight is uh, Doctor Sleep. Nice. So uh, I did enjoy this film quite a bit. Uh, however, I think I probably would enjoy the book a lot more. Obviously, this movie had to kind of juggle you know, uh, being a sequel to Kubrick's The Shining, which was already different from Stephen King's material and being an adaptation of King's Dr. Sleep. So it kind of did a lot. I still think Mike Flanagan did a great job in kind of melding everything and making a pretty compelling fantasy, you know, horror movie. Um, a lot of those elements were really good. I just wasn't like the most drawn into the villains in this movie. And I think that a lot of that is what kind of took me away from it. But overall, I, I really liked it. I thought uh, Ewan McGregor was fantastic. He always is, isn't he? He really is. Literally, yeah, I have not seen the bad Ewan McGregor <laughs> fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, how, but, you know, you do kind of have to compare this to, like, The Shining. And this one just wasn't quite as captivating for me. But I still think it was a good movie. And it should have gotten more attention than it did at the movie theater. Kind of unfortunate. So, number seven. Number seven, I think both of ours is the same. Us? Yes. Okay, <laughs> so now that you know Barnabas's pick, Us was my number seven. I feel like Jordan Peele is going to be a master of horror, especially with his, you know, upcoming production on Candyman. And he did The Twilight Zone, which I kind of, like, stopped watching because mm-hmm. I heard it kind of got meh. But I, I still liked some of the later episodes. I, th- I, th- I think he did a good job. Okay, cool. But for Get Out... Get Out was perfect. It was a perfect mm. horror movie. Us was good. Uh, kind of my only problem with it is kind of the pacing and then like the questions. But like I think things weren't supposed to be like supposed to be directly answerable. You know, yeah. like the oh how they get four hundred million pairs of jumpsuits and all that stuff. I think like I think that's the part. If you want to be nitpicky, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. What really matters is the message in this movie. And that's why I liked it. Um, managed to be creepy. I really liked the kills. Uh, I liked the way the main characters fought back. Beat the fuck out the clones. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I really liked the twist too, which I kind of saw coming. Like I, Not because of like what they gave us. Because I didn't notice like the minor subtle things. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that was... It would only make sense if this movie had a big twist. Yeah. I mean, it conveniently kind of took you away from it at the very last second before you found out you know what happened kind of at the beginning there but uh yeah i pretty much can mimic all those points um i did enjoy it i think that jordan peele really showed a love of horror in this movie specifically Mm -hmm. in comparison to get out which was more of a a social horror thriller Mm -hmm. he wanted to say something and put it in this scary shell i think he did that perfectly this one, he, he was also trying to say something on a grander scope. Maybe the scope was too big it is where I think maybe it lost a lot of people. I will say I kind of agree with that. And yeah, like those kind of points of how like the outfits and stuff. I get it. I get why they're just minor criticisms, things. but they are kind of nitpicky. I don't think that they should be questioned too heavily to the point where you're like, this movie was fucking trash because it wasn't. It, it wasn't. wasn't. No. It, it was shot very well. I think overall the vision was there and he achieved it. The soundtrack was fucking sweet. Probably my favorite soundtrack of the year. Yeah. 
definitely my favorite soundtrack of the year yeah and like I just was really having a good time watching pretty much the entire movie, especially when they get to like the neighbor's house, like that whole sequence with like fuck the police and stuff like playing exactly. like that was really cool. And you can tell that Jordan Peele just knows what he's doing. And it was it was intense, you know, good tension, good suspense, good atmosphere. So, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable movie. Absolutely. So that was our collective number seven, number six. Number six, The Night Sitter. All right. This movie definitely cracked my top 10. Oh, man. I love the lighting. I love the premise. I love the kills. I love the creepiness of the witches. Let me mention it again. I love the lighting so fucking much. Yeah, it was really movie. good. <laughs> Very Suspiria-esque. Um, I like the twist at the end, if you remember. It sort mm-hmm. of had been planned to go that way. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. If you haven't seen this, <laughs> just fucking skip the rest of this. But probably, probably one of the more original movies of this year. I, I, w- I would consider it as a love letter to Argento yeah. and a continuation of the Three Mothers trilogy. So um, hopefully we get another movie after The Night Sitter and we can start another Three Mothers trilogy. That would be cool. Yeah, we actually have to finish off that trilogy with uh, Mother of Tears. But I agree. I think that this one had some really cool callbacks to Argento, Suspiria in particular. And, but, you know, it was my number 26 just because it, it felt mostly average to me. Like I wasn't super blown away by everything, although the lighting, the, the kind of retro feel, the love it showed to all those movies was definitely very good. And I did enjoy the, the witches aspect and everything. It was cool. But I feel like I had seen a lot of it before, I guess. Gotcha. So that's why it was a little lower on mine. Makes sense. It just felt like super like different to me because like mm-hmm. I've only watched the Spirion and like kind of kind of reminded me of it like due to like the lighting and like the witch aspect but haven't seen inferno or mother of tears yet so no that's fair uh inferno is really good you should definitely check that out okay but it was a, a solid movie i think it was definitely one of the year's more surprising uh decent horror films my number six uh is ready or not so i put this one a little bit higher just because i had a blast watching it you know it was not very scary and there wasn't a whole lot of tension but i thought the action was really good um i thought the entire story and then the twist and all the acting and everything was awesome it was actually like actually darkly comic you know and, and oh, yeah. actually funny which a lot of horror movies don't do a lot of movies when they try to go funny it's really cringy like super bad dialogue and everything and this one had some punch lines but i think it all flowed together pretty well and uh, it was just a fun watch and very gory, which I appreciated. Yes. So, and of course, Samara Weaving is is Bay, if we're still using that term. So, I think that was like four years ago. All right. Well, I'm really late to the game. So, <laughs> um, so all right. So that's uh, number six. We're gonna take a very brief break here before we dive into our top five of the year. Stick around. Welcome back, fiends. Now it is time for our top five horror films of 2019. Uh, now I do just want to mention there were, you know, a bunch of notable ones that I did not see that will not be making my top five or my list in general. Obviously, I, I did not get to watch Three from Hell Same. or um, Life Changer or Little Monsters or The Platform or uh, The Wind or bunch of or climax or a bunch of other ones that some people really like okay don't watch the wind 
Okay. I'll tell you that right now. All right. So that's not in hers for sure. Um, all right. So number five. Number five. It was my most highly anticipated film of the year, and it was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Okay. My number five. Um, PG-13 rating didn't really take much from it. Uh, it was thoroughly enjoyable, and I was really happy that it got set up for a sequel. I love the monsters. I love the way the movie unfolded slowly. It was slow at some some spots, but not for too long. Like the most you had to wait for something to happen was like fifteen minutes. So definitely, definitely one of the better movies of the year. N- nothing really negative I can say about it. I just liked my top four a little bit better. All right, that's fair. For me, it was my number twenty-four. Gotcha. Uh, which I-, I liked it, and I will definitely go back and watch it again. And it wasn't even like a huge disappointment to me or anything like that, but it also didn't like get me as much as I thought it would. Yeah. Some of the segments were definitely really cool. The scarecrow one was great. Um, I think the one with uh, the the woman, the red room or whatever it was called. I like that one. That one was great. Um, and I think they all flowed together pretty well, but yeah, I don't know. Just something about it. It just it wasn't top 10 material for me. I got you. Understandable. Uh, yeah. Uh, however, I did enjoy it, and I recommend you see it if you haven't seen it. My number five just came in to this position today. Oh, shit. So, but I don't really think it's recency bias. I, I actually think I really enjoyed it. It wasn't particularly scary or anything like that, but uh, my number five is the French uh, Knife Plus Heart. Okay, I haven't seen that one yet. But... You remember uh, kind of, I think, what it was, right? It was that very Giallo-influenced uh, French kind of slasher film yep. with the guy in the leather mask and the curly hair. Yeah, I just watched it today. I've been wanting to check this one out because I've heard pretty much nothing but good things about it. And yeah, wow, I, I really liked it. Um, this movie will not be for everybody. It concerns uh, a woman who is a director of uh, gay porn. And there's something going on. Her actors are getting murdered left and right. And it kind of falls on her to try and figure out who is doing it and what is going on. And it goes in a pretty cool direction that I actually liked quite a bit. Sort of reminiscent of some uh, of the weirder Giallo, like Deep Red and maybe even Suspiria, some stuff like that. It had the look down perfectly. I think it had the vibe down perfectly. It's set in Paris in 1979. And pretty much if you've watched any of those, uh, you know, successful 70s horror films, the Giallo films, this one just knocks it out of the park. A lot of, you know, homoerotic imagery and stuff like that. But if you're not a fucking bigot and if you're comfortable with your sexuality, you I think you can appreciate this movie for what it does. I think it's a successful slasher movie. There's some good stalker elements. And actually, I was pretty captivated by the characters and their struggles. And it talks about, you know, gay culture and the gay community and how, you know, especially at the end of the 70s, it was really kind of this like underground culture because they were, you know, uh, they were persecuted and and they had to kind of fend for themselves. And I think this movie portrayed that really well. And the killer was was cool. And he had kind of like a classic sort of story to him. So I like that for me. Yeah. So I recommend checking it out uh, if it doesn't make you too uncomfortable or anything. But yeah, I thought it was awesome. So number four. Number four. See, this one didn't crack 
your top 10 and you mentioned it before number four for me because i am a big halloween season fanboy especially haunted houses and stuff like that number four for me was haunt okay i remember waiting desperately for this one to come out on dvd because i didn't want to just rent it on amazon prime even though it was available i wanted to own it i've heard great things about it Uh, one of my friends said uh my friend on instagram he said uh the only good thing he liked about this movie were the masks uh i politely disagree and uh i really like the kills i like the premise kind of reminded me of houses october built but you know people were actually getting killed in this one and uh honestly just thoroughly enjoyable and is definitely going to be a uh halloween season rewatch for me every year from now on it's definitely gonna be one of the classic halloween season movies for me i could agree with that i mean i thought that it knocked that part of it out of the out of the park quite frankly you know like it had hello halloween vibes all the costumes were awesome and you know if i were in that position especially on halloween night i'd be like man fuck this i went to a real haunted house (laughs) So I hit my pen and I was already tripping out. Yeah. Imagine if it, I was we were really about to get killed. Man. I mean, yeah, some of it is really intense. Um, and this this is kind of like some McKamey Manor, but for real, real shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, freaky. So I agree. I agree with that placement for sure. My number four is Alexander Aya's Crawl. I haven't watched it. Definitely should. Um, you know... Yeah, like the CGI gators are pretty much my only flaw with it, but they're not even really that bad most of the time, honestly. A lot of the time, you're already so sucked in with all the action and everything that's happening and the tension and just fearing for, for this woman's life, you know, uh, that uh, it's it's not really super distracting or anything like that, um, especially with multiple gators. And if that was happening in my house in the middle of a fucking hurricane and I was trapped inside, you better bet your ass I would be terrified. Yeah, I can't I th- imagine. I think this movie just uh, did what it set out to do very well. It was well shot. Action was great. Um, it even made me jump at one point. So, I mean, I think it was a super successful kind of creature feature. And, you know, uh, even though some people kind of look down on these like animal horror movies, I think if you do it really well, it's it's very good you know look at jaws anaconda uh all those movies you know i'm forgetting a lot i'm sure but i mean yeah it, it is scary and i think this movie did it very well i think realistically animals are the thing we should be the most afraid of if we're out in the wild oh yeah absolutely and i mean this is an even like worse situation because you don't expect something like this to happen inside your own home yeah it's ridiculous and especially during like a natural disaster pff, fuck that so I think it was uh, highly effective, and I really liked it. So, all right, top three. Samuel, what is your number three? Number three, coming in hot, is It Chapter 2. was really waiting for this one since we watched It in theaters, what was it, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed It. Chapter 2 really focused a lot on the character development and sacrifice and Facing one's own fears, returning back, and fighting adversity. And I really enjoyed everyone's performance. Mm-hmm. I just wish we would have saw more of Pennywise. That's why this, otherwise, this would have been my like number one movie. Yeah. We just didn't see that much of Pennywise. Bill Skarsgård, once again, kicked ass in this movie. Mm-hmm. James McAvoy, everyone really, really nailed it. And 
how I would have imagined these people to grow up and definitely blows the it miniseries out of the water. I can agree with that. Absolutely. For me, it was my number 19. Yeah. So I didn't hate it though. I actually liked this movie quite a bit. I do think chapter one was still better. I think it uh, maintained that kind of darker, scarier tone a lot more. Although I agree, everyone's performances were amazing. Uh, all the effects and stuff were good. I do kind of wish that we saw more of Pennywise as well. But even in the book, he was mostly there in kind of the, the I don't know. The mood of the, the city. The mood, like the descriptions, etc. And kind of lingering in the background. We didn't quite see that so much in the film, I feel like. But at the same time, it was almost too much of like a blockbuster thing for me. Gotcha. I think is why I had it a little bit lower. Uh, but my number three is one I, I was definitely pleasantly surprised with. Tigers are not afraid. Uh, my, remember this one? Kind of a, a dark fairy tale sort of um, set in Mexico talking about the the drug cartels and the horrors and violence that you know uh they instill on an everyday basis as we follow these orphans i just thought this movie was done super well uh the kid actors were terrific it was actually pretty scary at times you know we had like the specters and everything honestly quite a bit different than the usual like paranormal fare i think yeah, that completely this movie different. Did it way better especially when you're considering like why these specters exist and like their relation to the kids and everything like that. It, honestly, it's, it's more of like a tragedy. It's actually a pretty depressing, sad movie, but that's what it was supposed to be. You know, it, it had this overarching message of, of this drug violence and everything. And yeah, I think it hit home and was just a, a super good movie completely agreed yeah i'm also a del toro like fanboy and this movie oh, yeah, obviously hella, has been compared to that a lot so. oh yeah hella del toro vibes especially with uh devil's backbone and the orphanage like those mm-hmm. type of vibes yeah a lot of this a lot of similar messages but just really dark very atmospheric i, I really enjoyed it so all right number two we might have the same number two unless you made it your number one okay midsummer okay this is my number two Deeply disturbing film. A lot of people hated it, but you're stupid and I don't care about you, so your opinion means less to me than the shit my dog takes on her training pads, and you're fucking stupid. Uh, It's always these 80s fucking fanboys that want to trash these, like, you know, movies that actually have messages and make you think besides, oh, killer with mask, stab, stab. Like, I don't give a fuck. I enjoyed the movie. It was fucking depressing. It made me think about my own life experiences with trauma. The acting was perfect. It was set in the daytime, but it was still creepy as fucking shit. Yeah. Regardless, the hallucinogens, the the messages about loss and about unity and family and all of that tied in together perfectly. And I think this was just the perfect movie, period. I do think Ari Aster is also primed to become one of the kind of contemporary goats of horror i loved hereditary he he just knows how to disturb the fuck out of you um more head trauma please i want to keep seeing it i hope it's a running ari aster thing um and yeah i i loved it but i will not spoil well i guess i'll maybe spoil what it is my number two is the lighthouse yeah i actually loved it i'm more of like you know an art house 
kind of horror. <laughs> so I watched like a lot of black and white films and everything like that. I think this movie did it fantastically. Robert Eggers knocked it out of the park. Um, I know that there are a lot of people who hate his kind of style of filmmaking and everything, but I don't. I thought, you know, when I saw it in that kind of like square format and the fog and the foghorn and the ship kind of rolled in there at the beginning, I was already hooked. I was like, yes, this is what I want to see. Like you mentioned, you already talked about a lot of the great points about this movie. The acting was phenomenal. I think the, the slow descent into madness was captured very well. Uh, and even those kind of like more Shakespearean type moments where like, you know, Willem Dafoe's characters given that monologue and everything, you know, may not have immediately made sense to a lot of people, but this movie was just one big kind of nerd fest in filmmaking. Um, and I thought it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed the entire look and feel and sound of the movie. Um, you know, some people will probably think it's not particularly scary, but I think the, the psychological horror elements were done very well. I agree, and that's why it definitely cracked my top ten. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, number one, you probably can guess what mine is. I think I know what yours is, but let's just do it anyway. We know. I know yours is Midsummer, and, and yours is probably Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. We knew. Yeah. Uh, we just had a feeling, you know. We do have each other on Letterboxd, but I promise you, I did not look at your no, list. I don't. I, I did not want to. <laughs> did not want to cheat there. Mm-hmm. I really did enjoy Doctor Sleep. It was pretty long, but then again, The Shining was really long. Yeah. So, I especially loved it since I just watched the new Shining 4K Steelbook, and then as soon as I watched that, I watched this. So I was able to like when they finally went back to the hotel to see like the old imagery and. And I was able to uh, really get into, you know, Ewan's character's, like, plot for why they were going back to the hotel. Because yeah. not that much evil exists anywhere on Earth, apparently, besides just in that hotel. Maybe try some cult buildings, I don't know, where they performed sacrifices on babies. That would have yeah. worked, too. would work just fine. Um, the thing with the villains is they weren't, like, super great, but the main villain, uh, I enjoyed her. She was believable as a villain. I just didn't like how the girl just basically, like, throttled her every time she tried to get in her head. Yeah. Like, she was nothing. And then she had problems with doing that when they actually met face-to-face. I think the, I think that was probably one of my bigger th- gripes about the movie is that, like, the main characters, eh, I never really felt like they were in immediate danger. Yeah. You know? And I only really cared about... Danny. You know, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I, I mean, honestly, I, I think we mentioned that in our review, but same. But I can totally see why it's your number one. I th- I do think a lot of it was actually the entire movie was done super well. We also didn't we mentioned it in our review, but didn't mention it this time. The the uh, the the actors who were meant to kind of replace, you know, Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall and stuff is kind of their their stand-ins of the Mike Flanagan Shining verse. Mm-hmm. Were all awesome. I think they did a super good job with that. Yeah. You know, so and and it did make sense why they went back to the hotel too. Um, so I, like I said, I I thought he wrapped everything up uh, very nicely as well as he could have anyway. Um, but my number one, yes, is uh, Midsummer. I don't know. It, it's it's just like the movie that stuck with me the longest. I get why it's controversial. You know, not everybody is into these type of movies. I guess either because you know I'm, I'm not gonna say. I mean, sometimes people just don't like something. Fair, but if you think this movie is garbage. 
Fuck you. Yeah, I, I, I think you're stupid and probably don't know a thing about movies because uh, it was done phenomenally, super disturbing. I mean, this is like probably the movie that's, that stuck with me, had had the most kind of lasting impact on me. I still think about it. I still haven't rewatched it. Uh, I do want to actually see like the director's cut. They have it on iTunes for 10 bucks. Ah, okay. Yeah, I got to I got to get that or find a way to get it. I just found this out last night. Nice. I, I I've heard it doesn't add like too much more like as far as important, you know, like story material or anything, but some of the scenes are a little extended and there's like a couple things. But um yeah, I I just thought it was awesome. It did not feel long to me. I thought it was written perfectly. Uh, I thought the the horror elements were were great, you know, seeing all the, and, and you see a lot of stuff off screen too. There's a good mystery to it, and it's just set up very well. The hallucinogenics were trippy as balls, um, and yeah, I thought everything just played out super well, and I was always invested in the movie. I was which too, is important. And no, go ahead. And and even like the you know slightly comedic elements weren't even forced at all no it was good it was like perfect yeah i think just because they're all like pretty good well they're all good actors oh yeah florence Pugh, phenomenal the dude from the dude from where the millers yeah he was fantastic fucking great yeah no i loved him and you know he's just like a natural comedic actor so that's why it didn't feel like it was forced or anything oh yeah he was just supposed to be the funny guy so anything he said was like a fucking knee slapper exactly was it will poulter yeah I think his name yeah was? that's him he's he was great uh everybody in this movie was awesome i love the tension the suspense and the fact that it was during daytime yeah that was like one of the biggest things not a lot of horror movies can do that successfully but this movie was pretty much entirely set in the daytime and it's not like horror can't happen in the daytime we're just so used to seeing all these horror movies set at night because that's when we kind of naturally you know feel more fear because we we are afraid of the unknown but at the same time it's almost kind of scarier when you can see something directly in front of you oh yeah and shit's going batshit crazy so it's more of like an invasion of like your safe space because you think the sun is out you're in nature everything's fine and then <laughs> reality just like that's not how this works you end up in a bear suit oh. <laughs> and then uh yeah it's not a good time so uh yeah i love this movie um, I think it definitely deserves a spot in everybody's at least top three, but again, not for everybody, I suppose, but I do think uh, this really showed that Ari Aster has command of this genre. I think, you know, him, Jordan Peele, Robert Eggers, all those guys are are really up there and they're making some good stuff. And yeah, they're like kind of slow burners. They're more thought-provoking horror movies, but I don't know. They're just really good. <laughs> I agree. I don't want a movie to just start with the action and then just be all kills and all everything that's fine for like a friday the 13th movie yeah it's perfect for friday the 13th movie but if you're trying to think of some like this like you're trying to like make a movie with a message that's deeply rooted in our genes and in our psyches like stuff that that makes us vulnerable and like things that really freak us out and things that we're terrified like losing someone Mm -hmm. and whatever someone cheating on you or something and like these movies aren't going to be all in your face like every second of the movie with that message because it takes it takes more time to relay that message like other things have to happen just like they do in real life you don't just fucking wake up one day and your life is shit there's yeah. there's just there's a progression toward that so exactly yeah i agree and that was uh actually good thing that you brought that up because that was another kind of trend i saw in a lot of movies this year was just like 
relationships, mm-hmm. you know, sexuality and and emotional connections, relationships between people, very prominent things. Uh, of course, 2019, so we're starting to, you know, include more kind of LGBTQ content and just actually talking about more stuff that we normally feel a little uncomfortable about, but actually ends up being kind of a big theme in a lot of these movies. And yeah, absolutely, I agree. You know, if you want to watch something like Ready or Not, more power to you. It was a good movie. It was fun. But, you know, people want original, visceral horror, and they always complain that there isn't any. And I think like Midsummer and The Lighthouse and movies like that are perfect examples of that kind of horror done right. I agree. And that's why they were in our top 10. So yeah, those are our top 10 lists, guys. Uh, You may agree, you may disagree, but we do want to hear what yours are. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Grave Discussions or Grave Disc SRD on Twitter. Um, And you can also check out gravediscussions.net. We'll be updating the site. We're going to get more written reviews and things like that up there. Um, So bookmark it, follow us, subscribe. And I think that that's going to wrap up 2019. And we'll see you in the roaring 20s, (laughs) I guess. Next time you see us, we will be on a new wave. I'll be in a flapper dress. <laughs> I will be in a ballerina tutu. Only on the one, the only grave discussion. <laughs> and a happy new year. This has been an SRD production.